listen. Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IDN's Nintendo podcast. This week we will be talking about, of course, Steve in Smash, Steve from Minecraft, if I didn't make that clear, but a whole lot more like the Tokyo Game Show and I guess Super Mario Bros. 35 and a whole lot more. I'm your host, Casey DeFridis, and this week I am joined by Janet Garcia. What's up? Brendan Graber. Hey. And first time NBCer Colin Stevens, who is on our social team. Colin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I, uh, I'm our social media copy coordinator, I think is like the technical title. Title. I just I just read a bunch of words on Twitter all day. So uh, if there's ever a typo, it's not my fault, but it almost definitely is. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm very happy to have uh, some of my Wiki's friends on here. So Yay! we'll be Wiki's podcast. Guys team. Guides call outs. But first, I'm sure we're going to have a guide for this. Brendan, we got Steve from Minecraft and Smash. We just learned about it this morning. What the heck? Did anyone see this coming? I just want to say, um, I think Nintendo gave me the perfect birthday present today. Um, Happy birthday, me- Brendan! Thank you. Yay. Happy birthday. They gave me a Smash character. They gave me Mario 35 Battle Royale. And they're also having a uh, Cold Stone ice cream <laughs> Mario birthday cake. So I'm set. Um, but yeah, the as far as Minecraft is concerned, it may have broken Twitter. We're not really sure about that yet, but it just like there's a, a flood of what the heck just happened. And seeing Sakurai's face going, uh, so Nintendo came and said, hey, make Minecraft. And I'm like, <laughs> you think this is easy? You think you could just press a button and Minecraft just happens? I have to put blocks back in every single Smash Brothers stage. Do you have any idea how crazy it's going to be? All right, fine. Let's do it. And I love that about Sakurai. Like, he's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. He, he makes it work. So calm. He's always I feel so like calm. He's the developer version of, for lack of a less aggressive term a hitman like he just kind of is like look <laughs> i'm not here to like flex my choice the the character on, right? or, yeah it's not like he doesn't really like have that kind of creative input on it he's like i'm told what we want in here and then i make the thing and there it is and i made it and it's so you know and obviously like he's extremely skilled in what he does but it's just kind of like i come in i do the job and i dip and no matter what the job is i get it done <laughs> which is like I love how candid and dry his deliveries are for any of these. He's like, yep, so I did it, and now it's there. Check it out. Or don't. I'm just making the stuff. Like, it's it's very chill. But he does it so well, which is, like, the crazy thing. Like, I get that a lot of people are, like, you know, upset. Like, where's Sora? Where's Travis? Where's my where's my, my dream pick? Why is this random blocky character that no one cares about anymore, even though it's still extremely popular? Yeah. Why is he in here? The thing is, like... You can say, yeah, he's not your favorite pick, but the way that Sakurai implements characters like this is so over the top where it could have been like, oh, like, you know, when you put Terry in, okay, he's a fighter. He fights, same with Min Min from uh, ARMS. Like, they have these, like, fighting moves that are pretty easy to, easy to adapt. When you get characters like Duck Hunt, when you get characters like Isabel uh, and Villager, and then when you get characters like, you know, the Minecraft characters, they don't fit in this world. And for him to go like, okay... How am I going to make this character from a creative building sim be a fighter and then place blocks, detonate TNT, which uh, also, strangely enough, I kind of predicted the moveset a year ago. Yeah. Uh, back when there was that whole like rumor going around like, oh, we're going to get a, a Eredric from Dragon Quest, Doom Guy, um, 
Ryu from uh, Ninja Gaiden and Minecraft Steve, uh, I was asked to make a move list, like a what if move list. And I actually got all of them correct except for his final smash. Placing blocks, uh, the minecart, the TNT, and the, um, I forget the name of the, the wings. It's the armor set that has the wings. But I, I call it. I don't know how. Maybe he saw my article. It's like, hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> what did you, what if did so, you're welcome, Sakurai. What did you think the final smash was going to be compared to what it is now? I thought it was going to be opening a portal to the nether, where they just, like, he just crafts another portal and shoves you in, and you just get destroyed by Ender Deep Beast or something. But I like this one. This is a better one, with uh, throwing you in a dungeon full of creepers and letting it explode. Yeah. Yeah, and instead of getting destroyed by Endermen, you can be Endermen because that's yeah. one of the alternate skins, which is terrifying. <laughs> no, I mean, I like I like the variety of the skins. It's it pretty is good. Cool. It is good. Well, that but, was one of the best parts of the reveal trailer, in my opinion, was Enderman just like peeking into Snake's like cardboard box. Literally, like, it's a weird yeah. vibe, but like it was the perfect vibe. I think they do such a good job with these reveal trailers, really playing up the. I think the the touchstones that already exist in smash like they always use they always pair it with like the very iconic characters right we have like mario luigi um it was really cool seeing uh splatoon represented in that too as kind of like the modern pantheon of like what it means to be a nintendo fan and who like the modern iconic characters are which are both like the characters from back in the 80s and 90s to you know an ips newest splatoon so that was really nice and i think the way they showcase that just works really well with like the playfulness of what they're showing off. Kind of like what Brendan said with this idea of, okay, these are characters that you wouldn't, you can't, even though I guess Brendan was able to predict them. Like a lot of people wouldn't be able to predict what that, how that will play out in a way that's going to make sense in the context of a fighting game. And I just think it's so cool that as much as I'm like, not, you know, a huge into smash, like I don't, I haven't played in like a really long time. I think it's really wild how this is turned in from a celebration of Nintendo characters to like a celebration of gaming and like what it means to be a gamer. And it has all these like main big cultural touchstones from across gaming that not just like stuff, those stuff that is playable on Nintendo to an extent, but that's stuff that you associate immediately with Nintendo. It's just really interesting how it's evolved. Yeah. And I know, I know you can play Minecraft on just about everything, including Nintendo consoles, but it is technically a Microsoft owned property. So this is, it's cool to see. Yeah, seeing, along uh, with Banjo, that's two mm-hmm. Microsoft yeah. characters yeah. now. There Where's Halo? We're, yeah, we're one hair away from Halo showing up. <laughs> I mean, that, I, that it, it's wild. weird. It's weird to think, like, because I mean, there's Obviously been guns in Smash, but, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, I Snake mean, uses a lot of uh, weapons. He does. Somehow, Bayonetta's guns feel completely different in my mind that's than true. like Master Chief with like a needler or something. So it would be weird to see Master Chief in there, but I think it would be, I, I feel like it's not off. It's not out of the question anymore at this it's, point. It's you know? Nothing's like, out of the question anymore. It's almost <laughs> like Bayonetta's guns are an accessory instead of an actual weapon. But yeah. still a weapon. <laughs> I don't know. But we also got to see some of the Minecraft stage and it looks like it will differ every time, kind of like the Mario Maker stage. They showed multiple biomes and uh, creepers explode on the Minecraft stage as a, what's the word? Environmental trying to blank environmental effect <laughs> that, that works <laughs> that works obstacle Gee, christ <laughs> i don't know i'm, I'm here Stay the bad boy i, <laughs> I wonder but, if that'll make that like actually like how people will feel about that stage overall again I, I didn't really dive deep into smash the way i have with like previous smash games like like melee i know like super well like i'm a melee stan like that is the hill i die on and i don't mind even though i'm buried next to some very annoying people that's okay <laughs> 
Um, I can tell but... you the, the professional <laughs> standards. They're going to go over the stage, hit Final Destination variant, and then hit play. Yeah. Well, yeah, like for me, I, I'm not a huge fan of the environmental effects or hazards that often come with a lot of these stages just because they feel a little bit too invasive. Now, I'm someone that plays with items on, so like it's already kind of, you know, getting wild anyway. And, and I just feel like that when they add in too much, like I just remember how much like I hate like ice climbers for that reason or like, you know, some of the other stages that are, are a little bit too invasive. So I'm curious as to like how it'll actually play out when, you know, we get our hands on it and whether or not it'll be like, in the rotation of like fun goofy stages or if it'll just be a little bit annoying i stand yeah. chaotic stages give me more big blue <sighs> i want uh, big I like back I, I like big blue i like poke floats i don't like when it's i didn't like the ice climber stage there's a couple other ones that the pikmin yeah, one the rushing one. water the water is the water is so aggressive well <laughs> so like aggressive. i think picross is like one of the ones that's like so unpredictable that it's just like not fun to be in yeah but yeah, like this one, this one it gives me the vibe that it's just like there'll be creepers, there'll be some like environmental hazards and stuff. Like like, a that was the word I was yeah. looking for a hazard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to play it. I always like trying out new characters. They are, yeah, we're gonna get more details from Sakurai in a couple of days on like exactly how he Friday. played out. So, yeah, so I'm interested to see Saturday. I like exactly. Lied. Oh, Saturday, third. That's the the third. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how he's going to play the rest of like, is he going to be like a, um, a technical character, like the villager who just has a bunch of things he jumps at, throws out, or will he have like actual smash attacks? Because I don't see all the gameplay, just like him, like just doing like the generic Minecraft slash. I'm just like, is there a, a more powerful version or is that it? I guess we'll I guess we'll find out during that presentation. It's at 7:30 a.m. PT during the Minecraft Live 2020 stream. So I guess look out for that. And there are still four unknown fighter slots left in Fighter Pass 2. I wonder when we'll learn about that. Sometime in the probably future. next year. Early yeah. next year. I'd, I'd say we could get one at like um, the Game Awards. Oh like, yeah, the Game Awards. That's a, yeah, that's that's a the Game Awards thing too. So. Yeah, we'll look out for that. But man, it's crazy. And Steve broke the internet and we got Minecraft and Smash, <laughs> which uh, Steve, uh, Steve, Seth Macy actually predicted this yesterday on our News Games and More show. Just complete accident. It was just the first thing that popped in his head and <laughs> it turned out to be true. But yeah, that's about all we have to say about Steve from Minecraft being in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Now let's move on to some other news. So last weekend was Tokyo Game Show and we got to see a ton of switch information of course most of it was in japanese but we did get some translations and i think the biggest thing out of tokyo game show that nintendo switch owners care about is probably hyrule warriors age of calamity we got to see some gameplay of link in the battle of hyrule field and it, to me it looks like the first stage it kind of reminded me of the first stage in the original hyrule warriors and did any of you guys play hyrule warriors it is my one regret <laughs> I think this might be what gets me to get into the Dynasty Warriors games. Okay. Because I was, I kind of missed the boat. I had a lot of other guides. Parts of the times so like, oh, I'll get to it later. Unlike now, later, right? Later. <laughs> Don't remind me. And yeah, it's not always for this. It comes to the Cyberpunk. What could go wrong? I'll have plenty of time to play it. Yeah, no, this, that's a constant uh, for you, Brendan. I'm sorry. Just do this perfect. guide, and then that's the hack. If you want to play it, just do the guide it for is. it. That's true. But unfortunately, it's coming out 
what the day after cyberpunk two days after cyberpunk yes <laughs> and like a couple days after every other launch game for all the new consoles so plenty of time uh, we don't have to I'll, I'll make time i i want to make time for this well, I know everyone knows that I like Hyrule Warriors. I like Musou games if they're done well. And I thought Hyrule Warriors was done well. So I'm really excited for Age of Calamity. I like co-op games. I like the kind of combat they implemented it. And the fact that some of the Zelda teams assisting with this makes me feel even better about it. Because it can only be even better than the original Hyrule Warriors, right? So looking forward to it. But we saw some uh, shield surfing. We saw Link sprinting. Um, there's also no stamina meter. And, you know, it, it looked... It looked like the first Hyrule Warriors. There are light and heavy attack combos. There's a special move meter and bigger enemies can be staggered. But we also saw a lot of Link's Breath of the Wild abilities. And we also saw young Impa revealed as a playable character. And um, she looks very similar to Paya, which is Impa's granddaughter in Breath of the Wild. And some people, I saw some people on Twitter saying that that was lazy because they just wanted to reuse an asset. But they did say in Breath of the Wild that Paya, um, that Impa's granddaughter, Paya, was a spitting image of Impa in the game. I think so it's a, that's is, a genius move. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, they put Paya in. Wait a yeah. minute, 100 years, this doesn't make, oh, okay. Uh -huh. Exactly. So I think that looks really cool. She moves like a ninja. She creates doubles of herself. Um, I was actually watching the gameplay with my partner, and she did some Naruto hand gestures, and he asked me if all of those are taken from Naruto. I don't think so. I think that's just the thing. So ninja things. it's just what it's you just do. Thing. You know? It's ninja things. So Kunai did some crazy things. The fire yeah. explodes. There you go. Ninja done. It's just a ninja thing. But we also saw some footage of the four champions. Uh, Mifa summoned a wave of water. Rivali had special bow skills. Arbosa wielded bolts of lightning and dark can roll around in a ball. Kind of like <laughs> Majora's Mask. Like how you could as a Goron. <laughs> but um, yeah. I think this game looks cool. I'm excited for it. Do you think and there's any other um, secret characters on the horizon that there absolutely. haven't There has to be way more characters. I think we there are almost two dozen playable characters in Hyrule Warriors, the, the deluxe edition for the Switch. So I assume we'll get at least a dozen characters at launch and then more will ro roll out with DLC as time goes on. Let's I mean, I'm just speculating, but that sounds correct to me. So I hope Linkle wanders in again because we need more Linkle. I actually <laughs> I would I would love to get Linkle back. I also think the what is it? The, the Gajinka version of Bulvagia was interesting. So I'm wondering if we're going to get any like maybe we can play as a Lionel. That'd be cool. Ooh. But Casey, I, in, in the original Hyrule Warriors, was Beetle a character that you could play as? I don't remember. And now I'm going to want to look that up. I I, like, there's something deep inside of me that like really just wants to play as Beetle and run around and just like throw things out of my giant like just bag and just be over encumbered all the time and tired. <laughs> something about Beetle just like resonates with me. It's like my core. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he was. Mm. Oh, what if you get to play as Cass? You get an accordion. You just slam people in the head with your accordion. That would, <laughs> that would be awesome. Awesome music. Summon the colorful little baby. Uh, the uh, baby Rudo to like, beat up people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, just like attack everybody for you. It'd be beautiful. Just talking about this does make me wonder if we'll get like Breath of the Wild related things in Smash because it does feel like Nintendo's doing a very strategic lead up to Breath of the Wild too. Um, mm. Like 
supposedly they're kind of uh, i think they're setting themselves up to either not have any delays or to have way less delays than they did with the first one um in part because they already know like the scope of what they're doing it's the same engine and i feel like they announced it at like very early like none of us were really expecting to hear more from i think mainline zelda in the way that we did like so early on at last e3 um, and then you tie this with the fact that they're doing this Hyrule Warriors game, like that's very that's directly related to Breath of the Wild. Like it feels like that would be a natural addition to kind of that marketing lead up. And obviously, there's a lot of characters that people love, and I think this is only going to make people love the world and story of Breath of the Wild even more. Like to me, that's the number one thing I've heard from people with this game because, yeah, like you know, like on this panel, not a lot of us have played the last one. I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, I'll just miss this," but here, everyone's sort of like, "I want to see what's going on with these characters. I want to know more about." this world and it's sort of this preparation for this next entry so um we'll see i think that'd be a really cool addition to smash i think any of the four champions being added to smash would be awesome but then i know people would erupt in arguments about who would have been the better choice regardless of whichever one is put in but look at just one entity that'd be so weird just one entity different different formations their oh. final smash is just all of the uh uh divine beasts just attacking everything at the exact same time in hyrule Definitely. castle beautiful so that was about all we learned about oh i guess we also learned that if you have breath of the wild save data on your switch you'll receive a special wooden trading sword in fourth yeah land. we have more information about that and it is more exciting than it sounds but you can <laughs> read about that on our website but we also learned some things about Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2. And just to get Monster Hunter Stories 2 out of the way, they show... So in the original one, you couldn't really customize your character very much. But in Monster Hunter Stories 2, you can do it. You, there's a lot. There's a lot to it. You can make your characters look super different. And I'm excited for that. We didn't learn really much else about Monster Hunter Stories 2, but we did get to see a lot of Monster Hunter Rise gameplay. In fact, like almost 40 minutes of it, some of it using the longsword and some using the dual blades. And man, this game looks so cool, guys. Like, <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> for this. Casey. I would have thought you would have been like a little cool on this, really. <laughs> but, excited? Wait, Casey, do you like Monster Hunter? That's so. a joke. I thought you really like Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what you're pointing at casey we I'm, don't understand I'm, what those animals are gestures to all monster hunter i just i just got some big-eyed cats behind me no big deal but <laughs> we did learn that there are some monster hunter world quality of life improvements that are present including that there will be no paintballs and you can move while using items and wet zones are not consumables you also won't be using scout flies i know a lot of this won't mean anything unless you've played world but you also don't need scout flies to track monsters either um it looks like you send out an owl of sorts and it kind of like scouts the map for you in the beginning and then you see where the monsters are but they are question marks so you need to go and discover them first but there's a lot more information that, and i could go on about it forever but you can go read the articles about that because i don't want to take too much time on monster hunter for those of you who aren't interested in it. So hopefully that was brief enough for you. <laughs> but now we're going to talk about something else that I'm interested in. And some other people are interested, hopefully, maybe. And that is Pokemon. People like Pokemon? So, what? I know. Guys, I'm getting to talk about like all of my favorite series today. I got to talk about Smash. I get to talk about Zelda. I get to talk Monster Hunter and Pokemon. I am stoked for this day. But... There was a Pokemon Direct this week where they showed off a trailer for the Crown Tundra and all of the things coming with that part two of the expansion. It is coming out on October 22nd. 
all of the legendaries are returning. Cool. Yeah. Every single one. <laughs> all of them. Every single <laughs> one. All the smash. Everyone is here, but it's all legendaries right here. And of course, some will be exclusive to sword and some will be exclusive to shield. We got to see Galarian Slowking and he is creepy as hell. <laughs> Janet, you have thoughts? Yeah, like I'm just pulling up to remember. Like, yeah. Oh, gosh. There's so many questions. There's so many questions. Like, it's the it's the fact that it's like a shell over it the eyes then the eyes go through the shell and it makes me wonder like are the eyes on the shell are the eyes peeking through the shell i have to imagine they're on it because he can you know it can emote like have like you know a furrowed brow type thing it's also giving me like these um these frieza vibes like the coloring the like green circle like (laughs) it's kind of a lot i did google um some pictures of galarian slow king which i urge all of you to do as you know you just have to and it does happy in the camp, so I'll give it that. It looks very cute when you play with it. It has like a little, you know, ni- nice little contented look. But yeah, I am feeling though the oh, I'm saying I'm not the only one that made the Frieza comparison. Comboy.com also like Frieza vibes. Okay, <laughs> um, I like the little cape. It's got like this little like shawl over it. Yeah, it's very quaint. Um, yeah, there's just a lot going on here. I, I do really appreciate though these um, like additional forms I, I always feel like the variations on the pokemon are interesting and it's kind of nice because it's building on the familiar while also adding something new um obviously there are always people that will you know whine about the pokemon designs as either being too weird or you know some people aren't a, a fan of the object pokemon or they just feel like they're too they're either too weird or too samey to regular animals so i think these different variant forms are a nice middle ground where it's like, okay, you already accepted this design. This exists. This is familiar, but it'll be like a little bit of a twist on it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's scary. It's, it's a little scary. It's the teeth for me. Yeah. That like are just sort of hanging off. Yes. It's it, anything with teeth is a little bit like just upsetting to me. They're sort but, of double uh, teeth too. Cause yeah. there's like teeth in the yeah. mouth and then teeth on the shell. It's mm. weird. It's a lot. And mm-hmm. if you if you look at some of the screenshots, you see like so there are like two horns on the shell, and it, when he tilts his head, like some green fluid comes out of it. Like, what is that? Yeah. And they're known to just talk in incantations, and no one knows what that means. It's a poison psychic type. It is creepy, but also I wanted to point out a like competitive battling thing. Its ability is curious medicine, which is a brand new ability, and that means so whenever this Pokemon enters the battlefield all of your allies stat changes are reset which is really awesome because if you have a pokemon that got just killed with stat changes and is not doing much damage or has really low defense you throw out this slow king and then it's all good again which is really cool so yeah pokemon there's even more things as well including uh well i guess this isn't really news, but I would like you all to go watch the Pokemon music video called Gotcha by the Japanese band Bump of Chicken. Dude, so good. It was really good. It was a really, really good music video. The animation is wild. You get to see all of your favorite characters from all of the different generations of Pokemon games. And great callbacks. The, yeah, really good callbacks. And the way they animate the Pikachu and Eevee is adorable. So go watch that. If you want to put a smile on your face today, even if you're not a huge fan of Pokemon, I just recommend it. It's a good time. But also we're going to see the introduction of Dynamax Adventures into the Crown Tundra, which is like a a multiplayer. 
there's not a lot of explanation, but it looks like you pair up with three people, go into a cave of sorts and travel together and then fight Dynamax legendary Pokemon. Uh, we'll learn more about that more. I'm sure there is other information about it, but trying to just get through it. And we're also going to see the introduction of the Galarian Star Tournament, which is going to be added to the game, which is an end game event. So after you beat the Crown Tundra and et cetera, and it's going to allow you to battle alongside other trainers from Sword and Shield against other trainers. So it is a double battle tournament, which is really cool. I'm really glad to see that implemented into the game. It should be a good challenge. And now on to some some freebies, some some freebie stuff. You can oh, yeah. actually get a Pikachu wearing Ash Ketchum's original cap right now with the code Pikachu get, except the I in Pikachu is a one. So you can go put in that mystery gift code and get a Pikachu wearing a hat and there's more on the way. One more thing from the Pokemon Direct, which I think everyone might be interested in. There will be connectivity with Pokemon Go and Home added before the end of the year. And I know we can already send Pokemon from Let's Go into Pokemon, into Pokemon Home, like go to Let's Go to Pokemon Home, but that is a hassle. They're going to introduce the direct connection, but there will be a cooldown period between transfers and you will have to use Pokecoins to speed that up. Does any of you guys have thoughts on that? We're going to need another flowchart. Okay. <laughs> There's so many steps. Um, I think, Casey, you probably relate to this to some degree because you and I worked on the Pokemon Home portion of the guide or the guide for Pokemon Home or whatever it was. And it was a lot of steps. Yeah, it was a lot of it was two people, it was you and me, and then also a lot of research <laughs> and a lot of testing. Um, and even even then it was like, wait, but what's like the clearest way to describe this? I th- I just think whenever something is having a guide's perspective, like whenever it takes a really long time for me to explain something in a guide where I'm trying to be as concise as possible, it just tells me how complicated it is. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a bummer. I, I do wish that they made these things a lot more simplistic, especially because I do think Pokemon does a good job and clearly is focusing on trying to be accessible to new players. And for someone that might be in just like the Let's Go era or the Pokemon Go era and jumps into Sword and Shield, having all these extra steps and transferring and cla- like, and, and then with Nintendo also, like now that we have Nintendo online, like there's just so many like subscriptions and ideas and things to make sure you don't let it lapse and all these extra like caveats. Um, yeah, like I just, I, I don't really know what the solution is here, but I just feel like it's taken a really long time for this to be. I think it's, I think we're still a long ways out for this to be something that's relatively easy to use and thus something that more people end up using. Um, why this isn't just a more simplistic app with like some type of cloud functionality that just kind of automatically does that stuff for me, I am not really sure. I also nope. just think that like they're very protective of the idea of people cheating and things, and I get how that plays a role in the competitive scene, but that doesn't really have a lot to do with like what I think a lot of players are doing, which is just like hanging out and catching Pokemon. Yep. So I, I feel, and then also like, I know you Casey have talked about how like the competitive scene has its own issues that kind of aren't even involved in this. So I don't know. It just, it seems like this is very complicated and the payoff is not really worth it. Yeah. It's, but yeah, it's a lot. It took, it took us almost, I don't know, three hours to transfer over all of our Pokemon into home, which is, a long time but you know it's fine i don't know colin have you used pokemon home what do you think about all of that connectivity so i've never really tried to dive into that mostly because it just like it it seems so complicated that like i don't even want to attempt it well we've but, got a like, guide for that <laughs> 
Well, yeah, and it I, is complicated. I, even with the, <laughs> no, you're right, Janet. No, I don't really like Janet. <laughs> you're going to know when you open the page, but we did our <laughs> I'm sure you guys did an absolutely incredible job with it. But I mean, my whole thing with, with Pokemon is like, I've never really been the kind of person who tries to like bring their Pokemon with them every game. Like I, I, I'm not someone who is like particularly upset at like, uh, Dex it, you know, and I understand. I totally understand why people were upset, but like, I'm not the kind of person who needs to collect all of my Pokemon from the past. So that's never really been a like a service that like appealed to me. But I I really do feel for everyone out there who like really just wants to have you know the gang with them, and mm-hmm. it just seems like prohibitively complicated as time goes on. It just seems like one more roadblock in front of another until like I mean, finally I'm you sure. can get everyone together. And I'm sure it must be incredibly difficult for the team at Game Freak to figure out how to transfer all of this data. And I, I'm sort of like you, Colin, in which I'm not, I'm fine with not having my Pokemon actually in my game with me to play because I want to play with the new Pokemon. But I am also a hoarder and I want to know that my old Pokemon are safe and hoarded so that if I ever want to look at them again, I can. So <laughs> I kind of, I like the, I like that there is something attached to your a screen name, your Nintendo ID, mm-hmm. so that if something happens, you could potentially log in and recover your Pokemon because just the thought of, you know, your save data being lost. I'm actually, um, I'm about to move and I'm going to transfer all of my important Pokemon that are in Sword and Shield into Pokemon Home because whereas your save data in Sword and Shield isn't recoverable, recoverable, you can always get it back from home. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to protect them. They got to be home. You can always go home. Home is the only safe place. <laughs> also, so that should be uh, that connectivity should be here by the end of the year. And once you do transfer Pokemon from Go to Home, you get a Gigantamax Mel Metal, which looks really cool. But that mm. is about all of the important information we got from the Nintendo Direct. So now let's talk about some Mario Kart Live Home Circuit first impressions. So Brendan and Janet, actually, did you get to see some of the Mario Kart Live? Um, yes. How do you put this? Of, of, of everything that's happened since the whole quarantine was enacted and we've seen kind of like virtual previews, this is the one that I really wish I got to be in person for because seeing someone else play with a Mario Kart thing is not the same as playing it yourself. But we did learn a lot. So there is that caveat about actually how Mario Kart Live Circuit works and what it's supposed to do when it comes out um, later in October. Uh, basically, it's 100 bucks, and you get the either a Mario or a Luigi cart, and there comes with four little cardboard gates, two arrow signs, and a charger cable. Um, and the way it works is the software is actually free, but you will when you load the software up, it prompts you to connect to the QR code of the racer cart, and that ties it to your account. So if you want to play with other friends, they need to get their own cart to play with. They can download the software for free, but they need that $100 Mario or Luigi cart. And their um, own Switch. Yes, yeah, and, their own, and their own Switch or Switch Lite. Either but one yes. works. Uh, so it was pretty interesting to see how it, the whole thing works because we haven't really seen how the, how everything shifts when you're in that first person view and the way that the, uh, the camera on the Mario Kart racer depicts the world. And what the, one of the weird things I, I found out was that the cardboard gates, you have four of them 
You can only use four, and they're how you kind of structure your uh, the layout of your race course that you create. And at first, I was like, oh, I wonder if the the cardboard gates have like some kind of electronic signal in them, because when you're driving through, you see them like kind of like burst out of the augmented reality, <laughs> and like you can customize the gates in the game to have like port pipes come out of them, items, hazards. It sounds uh, so like, crazy. Yeah. Not, it like, is very crazy. Like, like I, I was there with you, but I'm like, you sound like <laughs> like you're on some other stuff. I need like... a tinfoil hat. But the thing is that the the gates don't actually have any electronic software. They have symbols that the camera reads and then augments the reality, which to me is just wild. And is... as you play these races, you unlock more customization, both for your cart to see in the camera when you're playing the game as well as customizations for the environment effects that can happen in the race course, how the gates can look and act, and um, other stage hazards that you can then uh, set into motion. So you can actually play, and while you're just looking at your car driving around, you look at the screen and you're underwater. And there are like underwater effects or cheap cheeps floating by. And the way that kind of works is it gives a weird new variety to this game that you can't get in Mario Kart 8, so it has that going for it, but it's also like the weirdest game of pretend that I've seen so far. <laughs> and probably the most expensive. Yes. Yes. Uh, with the hundred bucks per, that's, it's quite a setback. And it's also like, if there was ever a time where I wish I was not as old as I am and in a tiny apartment, it was now because I wish I was still a kid at my parents' house with a nice big living room to have a crazy little set pieces, because I don't know if I can actually have a, cart drive around this tiny apartment yeah i think that's the number one question like how is it going to work in your space and obviously everyone watching and listening will have different setups than what we have here um and everyone's i think i think no matter how unless your house is really massive a lot of us still just fill it with other stuff like even if you have a lot of space you just put things in that space um they did mention that so there's different speeds there's 50 cc 100 150 and 200 cc 200 cc they're like 200 cc confirmed and that was like one of the new new pieces of information that we were able to get from this preview event um and one thing they mentioned was like you need a little bit more space on the faster cc on the higher ccs so um they mentioned even if you have a small space it can still work for you but then you might have to be on that 50 cc level and it was basically the the differentiation but yeah i think since it's like a real cart that might not be as like malignant because i feel like you have the new challenge of navigating a physical space through like an ar experience so hopefully that will um offset the speed that people might be missing because i know a big thing for people that have been playing mario kart for a long time like i only race on 200 you know like these really intense mario kart players um but hopefully it'll still be fun and challenging in that new way um they also suggest things like adding in very light light obstacles like you know maybe you put some like cups on the side or something like don't don't put something crazy hazardous uh because they do it you will lose points if you knock into a physical object like in the race um to huh. sort of like help add i guess that layer of challenge but um yeah and you also have to use all four of the gates so you can't have like a two gate one you have to use all four all the time and four is the max you can use um and yeah i thought it was interesting i also thought it was uh i was very surprised to hear that you can drift in this game yeah because i feel a racer cart that's so weird yeah because I, I mean the cart doesn't really like it doesn't go like you know like this crazy tight turn with the the you know the, the dust coming off the wheels or anything but in the game like you still do see that visual effect 
Um, so I'll be interested to see how that ends up playing out because we all know drifting is like the other like big thing on what makes like a Mar- like your Mario Kart racing experience different, especially for those players that have more experience playing the game. Um, and yeah, and essentially the progression is, too is just through customization, which I think is pretty akin to how especially Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was, there wasn't a whole lot of unlockable stuff. Like, you, like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, everything was unlocked as a jump and you just had like different tires and carts. Um, here you also have costumes. They seem very heavily themed cool. to Mario Kart, lore, like Mario lore. So there was like a Mario Maker costume and like you could be in the, what is it, like a construction truck? What is the name for that? The little thing that pushes a bulldozer, right? I don't think I've ever um, seen that in a Mario game, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah. So they had like cute little things like that. Um, and they, you know, did a lot of, they spent a lot of time displaying how your in-game experience is reflected in the real world and vice versa. So if you get hit with a shell in the game, like the car will stop and they showed kind of a one-to-one where they're like, here's the on-game gameplay, the in-game gameplay, and here's what you're seeing in real life and how they're sort of mirrored. Um, but yeah, like it got, it got pretty wild towards, it seems like as you unlock those extra gate customizations where you can add in the effects brendan was talking about that's when it really starts to look wild like the kind of intro stuff looked very like safe and then when they got deeper into the levels like it just visually looked like just really fantastical and that's what was most appealing to me um i did already pre-order this because like it's it's mario's 35th you gotta go all out for mario's 35th like this is like an iconic moment in all of our lives. Like, Gina, are, you, are your roommates going to be cool with just clearing out the, the living room so you can play your Mario Kart game? Um, the challenge with this is I have actually a pretty sizable living room, but we've now added more furniture. Um, short answer. Obstacles. Yes. Obstacles. Long answer. I mean, I don't think I could just leave it for a long time. And I don't know how I'm going to deal with my cat. Um, obstacles. obstacles. So, ultimate hazards. So, like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with this. Me and this cat. Um, I will update y'all on how Bruce reacts to the Mario Kart thing. Um, I'm tempted to buy a second one just because I really want to play with someone else. I and I hate that you. It's like a hundred dollars to essentially have a multiplayer experience, like an extra hundred on top of a hundred. Because for me, like Mario Kart's fun be- when I play with not the computer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's good to mention that. that um, there will be four other AI, uh, the Koopalings, that race alongside you in Grand Prix. And you can have up to four people play with you at the same time. And then the fifth would be the AI. So it's a max of five people per race. Mm-hmm. Um, also, speaking of hazards and obstacles, uh, we did ask, uh, so when can we take this outside? And Nintendo was like, you should not take it outside. They oh, strongly recommended that you don't. And then yes. I said, well, what about ramps? And they said, don't do ramps. No so. ramps. And then Brandon said, what about like a patio that's bare? And they're like, don't take it outside. So, <laughs> and, then, and then when it was over, Brandon's like, so we're taking this thing outside, right? Outside. It's like so a gremlin sure scenario. Is- like the second you take it outside, it like morphs into something horrifying. More like an eagle comes and grabs it and then just takes your part <laughs> away. But I'm sure this is their liability concern of, we don't want you to race Mario outside to have a car destroy Mario when you race it in the street. Or like or, water damage or anything. Anything like to, that. I'm trying to think of a high-risk obstacle. Oh, I could do it. plenty of high-risk obstacles right. outside. Um, no, but inside, <laughs> Ring of fire. Really, to really, like... Put it like really push it to home. Like you cannot run into these obstacles because then there will be real life consequences. Like I feel like this is giving people bad ideas. I'm thinking like candles. 
like a row of candles. I'm just like, thinking like a burn of like family ashes, like on the edge. Just like you can't hit it. <laughs> oh no! It's got That's the ultimate like stay just away. Like, open liquor bottles. There's gotta. Oh my god! There's gotta be some crazy drinking games you can make with this. Like I'm so sorry. I know this is like a all ages show. Don't drink if you're underage. It's wrong. It's illegal, and you'll go to jail. But um, you'll not have to Real- go or collect two hundred dollars. But there's gotta be. I mean, Mark. Mario Kart has a long history of being a drinking game. Yeah, and I just feel Mario like this is opening up. Yes, this is opening up a whole nother layer of what Mario can be going on Archie. here. Now I feel like I have to buy multiple so I can, when we can go over to people's houses, we can have a full on drinking game of Kario Mart. I'm going to be honest. Unless, I think I'll wait. I think I will wait to see that I can feasibly use this in a somewhat fun way in my apartment. But once that's done, I think I will go out and buy another one. Hopefully they're not too scarce because I did pre-order my mm. the one I'm getting now, but um, I don't know if when I go to pick it up at Walmart, if they're like, glad you pre-ordered because there's none left. So hopefully it is <laughs> decently available um, because if I do like it enough, I would like to, you know, I already spent the hundred, so I don't notice it as much. I feel like that's like a very janky math thing to, to rationale. But um yeah, it just seems like a really unique and cool experience. Uh, Mark Medina did the preview for us and kind of made some comparisons to that Labo vibe in the creativity and in the, the use of the cardboard. I do think, uh, even though I don't spend too much time with Labo, I think this has a lot more potential just in that, once again, it's grounded in the familiar and in a formula that we do know works and is enjoyable. Um, and there's, and I think kart racing, like in real life, like with Hot Wheels or other types of toys, is a very like familiar experience for a lot of people. Like it's something you may have done in your childhood. So whether you're an adult who's buying a hundred dollar kart or you know a, a parent playing with a child, like I think there's something really cool about that. And I do think to Nintendo's credit, a hundred dollars is a lot. But I remember when I was a kid, my brother had one of those remote control like trucks, and those can get rather expensive as well. So I do think that it's not a totally off base price point. It just really sucks that to have a multiplayer experience, there's no way to get that discounted at all. It reminded me a lot of those old toy commercials where it's like you got the Batman figure and you choose Joker with like the pile of cups or like yes. destructible environments or like I'm never going to do that with my toys because I don't have this stuff lying around. But like this, I would actually create like obstacle hazards to crash through because it actually re- like translates into the actual game you're playing where they become mm-hmm. an actual hazard that has an effect on the race. And like if I knock over a, a bunch of like, you know, bottles that they are then a hazard for the person driving behind me, like that's mm-hmm. something that you can't do with other make pretend. Like as long as you're making up these rules and people follow them, you get some pretty fun times. Sure. Mm. So those were some pseudo hands-on impressions of virtual Mario Kart hands-on. Live. Virtual. Yeah. Virtual virtual hands-on. Gosh. Virtual hands-watching. Virtual hands-on. Um, I think Brandon Tyrell said it best. When, I wish I had the quote pulled up, but he said, would you like the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to virtually race a physical racer virtually. And I was like, I said yes so fast. I was like, let's go. Um, but that, that's what it was. Did. But you can read more about that in Mark Medina's full preview, which is up right now. And this is actually the reason why we held this episode because of embargo reasons, but I thought we should talk about it. But there's more. So I don't know if everyone saw the article go up by our very own Zach Ryan about what Nintendo's E3 Direct could have been and i was so i mean there are a lot of things that happened this year that were announced so we assume that paper mario the origami king we assume the new pokemon snap we assume that min min coming 
to Smash and Animal Crossing updates, uh, Shin Megami Tensei and Monster Hunter news all would have been in the E3 Direct, along with some other things like maybe Pikmin Deluxe and obviously Mario's 35th anniversary. My question is, would this have satisfied you? I mean, it would have satisfied me. It's got Monster Hunter and Pokemon Snap. Like, I I have nothing else to ask for. I'm good. And Rune Factory 5. I would have been fine. But what about you, Colin? Would you have been satisfied with this Nintendo Direct? I think if this were like a theoretical Nintendo voice chat, like an hour after the E3 Nintendo Direct theoretical 2020, uh, I think this would have been like a strong B minus. Okay. Like if you just sort of put everything together, I think I think there's like one big thing missing from it. We have no idea what that would be theoretically, but it feels like there should be like one more big first party announcement that we just didn't get this year, you know? And, <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, is part of me wonders, like, could it be Breath of the Wild too? Because when they when they announced uh, uh Age of Calamity, um, is that the name of it? I already forgot. I, my, my brain is dead. Um, uh, Hyrule Warriors, the new one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it is. There, it we is. Go. <laughs> there we go. You got it. You had me second guessing myself too. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, they kind of prefaced it with saying, just like, hey, we're not quite ready to show you stuff. And part of me is like, okay, are they just saying that to sort of get this marketing beat? Or is that the truth that they just really don't want to show anything off of uh, the sequel to Breath of the Wild yet? You know, is it ready to show off yet? Um, and I, if I had to guess, I'd say that they, they probably wouldn't have shown Breath of the Wild because I do think that there is still a little bit more development time the, mm-hmm. the game needs and, and they really do want to sort of give uh, Age of Calamity its own like moment. But I really don't know what the big thing would be. You know, I don't think that they would have a brand new Mario game because I think they'd be focusing on the 35th anniversary, you know, 3D All-Stars and all that stuff. Um, so the only answer is uh, Mother 4. They would have announced Mother 4. <laughs> That would have been it. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan, what about you? What what is what would you have scored this? It's hard to say. Cause hypothetically, if they had an E3, would 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 there still be a quarantine happening? Like would we have been to a physical mm-hmm. E three? Because sure. I think because so for some of it for me, half of the E three showcase is also the booth. And I feel like we missed on a really cool booth this year. That probably would have been like a Mario 35 themed. And live orchestra, I heard. It would have had that cold stone oh. cake. Cold <laughs> stone cake and that orchestra. I'm a sucker for orchestras for game stuff. So like it would have been really cool to see. And I do feel like that if I, I feel like Nintendo more than other companies has probably been really hamstrung by working from home. So there is a distinct possibility that Breath of the Wild 2 might have been on track for a December release. We don't we'll, we may never know. Um and for them to for them to have said at E3, hey, we don't have time for Breath of the Wild two yet. It's taking longer than we could have, but here's Age of Calamity instead. I think would have been a nice trade off of like, okay, now I know, but you know, not hearing anything for months and then just getting a surprise announcement at uh, Age of Calamity was very weird. Um, but yeah, I agree to call on that. I think there was it's probably like an in the B range or is there something bigger that I would have liked to have been surprised by but there's a lot of smaller things that kind of add up to make this a a very interesting uh showcase janet what do you think yeah i'm I'm inclined to agree i think this would have been a showcase of jabs that just never got the right hook um i think Mm -hmm. without something modern like a new like a real new thing because like pokemon snap 
2 or new Pokemon Snap or however they're kind of couching it. I guess that is new to their credit. It's not a remake, but it just feels like it's, you know, pulling on nostalgic strings that might not even amount to anything. Like, I'm very excited about that game and I love Pokemon Snap, but that's not as much enough of a heavy hitter because at the end of the day, Pokemon Snap is still a side series to a mainline thing. It's the same way that Paper Mario is not really going to be exciting because it's a side thing. And also it's because Paper Mario hasn't been good in like a really long time. And even this one, which people say pretty good it's not like it doesn't have the cachet that that franchise once had like it's just kind of it is what it is so yeah it doesn't have that heavy hitter so for me i'd probably give it like i think i'd have to give it a b plus i think admittedly i would have been so swooned by the 35th anniversary stuff because we have been the rumor for the 3d all-stars thing was bring for a long time it's something everyone wanted i think that would have been like if they took even just like part of what they did for that direct and that celebration like that was such a well put together presentation it had so many things it was celebrating it threw in like the the battle royale thing it threw in the pins that they screwed me over on that's fine i'm not bitter <laughs> threw in the splatoon thing like i think all of those just felt so exciting like at that moment it felt like such a great time to be a mario fan but i think without like that new, shiny new thing you know a new mario even if it wasn't like a new mario game coming out like a teaser for that without something like that um it wouldn't be enough to bring it to an a for me but it would have been very solid uh, and i think it would have been accurately reflective of the year that nintendo has which is a year that had some really awesome things like animal crossing is a huge feat for nintendo and i absolutely adore that game i play it still very regularly i love it but they didn't really have like that big deal thing there wasn't an odyssey there wasn't a breath of the wild there wasn't like a smash like they didn't like their heavy hitters weren't really on display in the same way this year but they had a lot of good moments and things to be excited about which i think basically would have been what this direct would have been like so now that you've heard our opinions about what the hypothetical nintendo e3 direct could have been we called out and asked for yours. And if you haven't heard about this, these are Yappas, which are video, which is a video commenting tool at the bottom of every IGN article. And a few of you left some opinions about what the hypothetical Nintendo E3 Direct could have been. So let's hear from one of you first. Hi, NBC. Eve here from Melbourne, Australia. Um, to answer the question, I think no, I actually don't think I would have been that excited after an E3 with the games that have so far been revealed. Um, the games are good, don't get me wrong, but um, usually Nintendo has like a hero game for E3 and a theme, whether it's Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Luigi's Mansion. Um, but this year, I think that was missing, apart from Animal Crossing that came out before E3. So I don't know if there would have been the same excitement as there have been in previous years, at least during the Switch's life cycle. Yeah, I think overall, a lot of you echoed the same sentiment of Janet, Brendan and Colin. But yep. we do have another yeah for you. And this one is from Francis. See Francis here. I think overall, I probably would have enjoyed be direct but i probably still feel something was lacking and be a bit disappointed there's a lot of emphasis on old games and ports which i'm not really interested in i never go back to revisit games i've already played ever you know ea bringing seven games most of them are last gen games that i've already played i'm not an animal crossing fan so the, the updates mean nothing to me but you know nice to see pokemon dlc nice to see age of calamity uh, new Paper Mario. So there are definitely some things that would have excited me, but overall, probably would have felt it needed something more. 
Yeah, that's it. But we do have one positive comment. So let's see what he has to say. What's good, Nintendo Voice Chat? Uh, Christopher Trinday back again at Trindabago on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, short answer, yes. Yes, I would have been satisfied. Uh, you know, none of these games are a Metroid Prime 4 or a Breath of the Wild 2, but the sum of its parts, you know, new Paper Mario, new Hyrule Warriors, new uh, Monster Hunter, all the SNES classics, all of the ports, all of the indie games, all of the Mario announcements, and you have a lot of this happening this summer. And plus, you top it off with you know new Pokemon Snap coming, and then 3D All-Stars, which for all of its flaws, was still a guaranteed buy for, like, every Nintendo fan, begrudgingly or not. Uh, yeah, I would have been happy. Still waiting on Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. Yep. Still waiting on Metroid Prime That's 4. That's right, we all. <laughs> still waiting <laughs> on those bigger games. But, hey, thank you all so much for submitting your gaps. Look for those call-outs on the NBC podcast forums, on Facebook, and on articles on IGN.com. If you ever see a headline that says, what do you think? We want your answers. It's a call out for these types of things. So look out for that. And as you could tell, this was a very packed show and we filled it full of bigger news items. But I did want to skip out onto out this week. And I think probably the biggest thing out this week is Super Mario Bros. 35, which is a Battle Royale Mario. It is out now. Janet, I saw you post some tips already. Yes. What are your thoughts? Um, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about my uh, number two place that I got this morning. I so loud, <laughs> always, always top two, but not one, you know, it's rough. Um, but I, I think it's pretty enjoyable. Uh, at first I'm like, it, it does definitely follows the classic Tetris 99 thing where they're like, Oh, you want us to tell you something about this game? No, you just got to play it and figure it out. But, um, I did put up some tips on what I picked up from my times of doing a couple of runs of them. And I enjoy it overall. I do have fun with it. Um, I have to admit, it's a, a kind of an odd premise, and I think it doesn't translate as well to the Battle Royale formula as Tetris did. I think the brilliance of Tetris 99 was, at its core, it's still fundamentally a Tetris game that implements a lot of the same strategies that if you are a seasoned Tetris player, you will be right at home in, in implementing those strategies and find yourself victorious as a result. In Mario 35, it's a, a lot more... It's just odd. Um, like it does involve Mario skills, like being able to platform and you know kill enemies, and that's essentially what you know a straightforward uh, 2D Mario is. But it feels like a lot more like a I don't power upy and shootery in a weird way. Like I found myself just getting the fire flower and just beaming my way through. Like I didn't end up doing a lot of you know attacking enemies in a traditional sense. It was literally like get the fire uh, power up as fast as you can. Try not to lose it. Um, the end, you know, and you kind of just, and as you kill enemies, they go to your enemy screen. So, like, you want to kill enemies, get coins, you can use those coins to purchase um, power-ups in the level as, like, a random drop or before you enter um, a run, which I really recommend you get one before you enter a run. Obviously, if you're a very skilled player, you might be able to, oh, I'm just going to get it my own naturally and save the coins, which is totally fair. And if you're more skilled, that's probably what you should be doing. But anyone that wants to kind of start off with an edge getting the fire flower right away or at least the mushrooms so you can get the fire flower next but then you just kind of end up beaming through the levels i do like that you can go through i think up to 35 of them hence mario 35 and you sort of unlock them over time and can kind of pick where you start um there's even like a practice area where you can just run through the levels and i think the nice thing about this is it does um 
benefit you if you're someone that like knows these levels really well or gets to know them very well because you know where like the power-ups are and how to strategize that um it was kind of fun being like we're playing one-on-one again but this time it's different um and the, the other thing that stuck out to me was the controls feel a little weird because they, you use the uh, directional buttons to move and you jump with like b but you can remap those also and change it to the joystick and a if you want something more traditional so Overall, it wasn't a, it wasn't love at first sight the way it was with Tetris 99. But after going through a run, I did find myself getting that same feeling of anxiety and anticipation that you get with Battle Royale games. Uh, and as, you know, gut-wrenching as that is, I did find that fun and enjoyable. And I think it's a little bit easier for the, compared to other Battle Royale games because it doesn't, it doesn't get as crazy as Tetris does because even though there's more enemies on screen, like, a Goomba still a Goomba. Like, you can only do so much to hurt me. Like, it's not like you're, you know, with Tetris, you get overwhelmed by, like, you're kind of playing and then some more stuff's getting stacked on you. It doesn't really have the same effect in Mario. Uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. I am disappointed that it is a limited time thing and you do need Nintendo Online to play it, as you did with Tetris 99. But I definitely recommend people check it out because it's just, like, a fun little twist on um, what Mario is. And it's, like, nice to have you know, an extra thing during the anniversary. And it's a, it's a cool display of the way Nintendo is using their online system to just do something different. We're not seeing any other of the competitors do this whole, like, a game exclusive yeah. to a subscription service. Is it a good thing to do? I'm not really sure. But, like, it keeps things fresh and interesting. And I appreciate that element of it. It's definitely interesting. And I find, like, one of the cooler things is, like, the way you can remix enemies sent to another person um at one point i was going to the uh the water levels just to send the squids at other people who were in like you know a regular level and also they had to deal with floating enemies cheap cheeps and like a bowser on the screen all at once that can actually like mess up a lot of people who are just looking for goombas and they're like okay how do i deal with all these things and actually survive and i feel like your main enemy is the enemies but your second enemy is the time because if you start to plan and stop you run out of time and that's the other killer in this run. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty fun diversion. I don't know how long it's going to be fun for, but I've had fun so far. I haven't won either. Colin, have you gotten <laughs> a, a chance to, to check it out? Um, I meant to download and start playing it this morning, and then the first thing that happened was a trailer for Borat 2 dropped, so I had to like <laughs> deal with that, get it on Twitter and stuff. Um, but it's the same chaotic energy, I think, as Borat 2. Um, uh, I have no idea. I, um, I'm going to download it as soon as this ends, but, um, it sounds like the real strategy is just create havoc and like keep your head above water as much as possible. And, um, I'm excited for it. And just for reference, we are recording this on a Thursday morning to kind of, because, well, we got the smash announcement on thursday morning also the we wanted to push this later because of the mario kart circuit embargo and small i guess kind of a big announcey but nintendo voice chat going forward will be recording on thursdays instead of wednesdays so we don't have to scramble to uh record after nintendo's early morning thursday announcements so we're still figuring out we're still figuring out whether we will be posting that on thursday still or on friday mornings but We'll let you know soon, but if it comes out late next week, that's why. So look out for that. And with that, unfortunately, really is all of the time that we have left. We will do an extra long question block next week with some of your questions from this week. So please 
look forward to that. And Nintendo Voice Chat is out. I guess I just said it's going to change. So I don't know. Right now it comes out on Thursdays, may change in the future. But anyway, thank you so much for watching. Colin, Brendan, and Janet, thank you so much for being here. And remember, Nintendo Voice Chat is the only place you can. Get the thing. Get it.